Hi, this is episode five of our conversation with six notable Twin Cities directors. I'm Jeremy Cohen. My name is Leah Cooper. Ben McGovern. I'm Noel Raymond. I'm Dominic Taylor. My name is John Ferguson. I'm Alan Burks, editor of MinnesotaPlaylist.com. This episode runs a little bit longer than the others, as the conversation develops a momentum of its own. I don't think you should use the same people over and over again, but I just think that there are different ways. Workshops are better than I think other stuff, but I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. It's the institutional theater model doesn't allow us to you know, play for... But the institutional years. theater model, I mean, you know, uh, the... 70, 60 to 70% of the leading roles I have aren't, they're not audition roles. That's right. They're offer only. They're offer, they're offer yeah. only. That's and if they will have a coffee with you <laughs> to talk and sm- sniff each other out yeah. to make sure it's going to be okay, that's great. But that's why I've been loving doing plays with younger actors because if I'm not fighting them off a TV show or something like that, <laughs> you can actually sit them in, in where auditions are two artists meeting each other and mm-hmm. like, do we want to have a conversation together mm-hmm. you know? can I uh, just so that I understand what because you all were nodding when Jeremy was talking about ferociousness and stuff so is there anyone who can articulate the difference between ferociousness and desperation oh I can I feel like uh, uh, for me ferocious is you're truthful I believe you convince me when you sigh I think you're really sighing mm-hmm. you're also making a bold choice something that surprises me while still being believable, and is really, really specific. So specific that I go, who's that person you just made? I want to follow them home and watch them in their kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that's ferocious, is that it's... Um, and, and the thing I think that Jeremy's talking about, where I know they want it. Not because they need, their, uh, they need to prove to themselves that they're right to be an actor, and they need to tell their mom that that was the right choice to make. But because they want to be in week three with me on this play, yeah. in this time, in this place, you know, knowing that they they want the work not because they're uh, scared or insecure, but they want it because this particular work, this particular team, is what they want to do. Combined with really bold choices that are specific and believable. And ferocious is just externally that. focused <laughs> on you know telling the story and being part of a forward motion. Desperation is carrying your mm. insecurity mm-hmm. <laughs> um, outward. So you're saying. So, Ferocious is, I want you to hire me on this role because I've thought about this and you and this is right. And I want to tell this story and I can do it. And desperate is, I want you to hire me on this role because I want to be hired. Desperate (laughs) makes me think I'm going to spend the rehearsal making me feel okay. It's teachableness. What's the actual English word for teachableness? It's (laughs) the idea that in an audition or in any kind of setting or in rehearsal, for me, I always cast the actors that I'm like... I'm already learning from them mm-hmm. with those yeah. roles. Mm-hmm. And it's not what I knew or thought it was. Or when you're creating yeah, something totally. with someone, that's the whole, that's the joy of it, is that mm-hmm. they what they bring to the table is that thing. Like, I never knew this character could be this. You show me what this person could but be. But part of right. that ferocity, too, I think, is also when they surprise themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the moment for yeah. me when I'm, like, ferocious, not desperate, is, oh, I just watch you put down your bag of tricks. And say, like, whether I get this or not, my bag of tricks is down because it ain't going to work here in this room. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to actually do the work that's in front of me. Mm -hmm. For me, that's a kind of ferocity that is exciting. Yeah, and Fred's a spontaneous... They're yeah. discovering it mm-hmm. right. for yeah, themselves. They've kind of broken through to a different space where they're not thinking about it anymore, where they're not mm-hmm. desperate for it, where they're just where they're just in it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, I feel like this keeps coming up, but one of the other things I wanted to say, what I feel like is it a really important um, role of the director is to hold open a space that allows for surprise mm -hmm. to consistently happen yeah. um, f on the part of everybody. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> How do you do that? I think I one mean, of the ways you... <laughs> So getting off the subject of audition, how do you do, how do you, I, I, I'm going to guess that you would all agree that one of the roles of the director is to create a space where other people can do their best creative work. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, you want a place where people feel like it's okay to fail. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the most important things. Let me With correct that by saying not how do directors in general do that. How, how do, do you, you do that? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the ways I do it is to. I think I do this in some ways um, not consciously, but I think in some ways I, I reveal my own inadequacy. I say what I don't know about the play, what I don't understand, what I'm scared about uh, in the play, and I think in some ways in my own life. I, I, do you I wouldn't know? call that inadequacy. I, I feel like saying I don't know what this moment needs to be and let's try to figure it out together um, is, is a... Everybody knows I don't know what that moment is yet, mm -hmm. but you know, and so it's a, it's just acknowledging truth and allowing vulnerability to enter the space in a way. In some ways you have to open the door to say, here are the places I, I don't understand, so whoever wants to jump in there and give it some life, mm -hmm. it's there mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. you know? I think sometimes when nobody knows, and we all have acknowledged that in the room, and we, we just... <laughs> We just wish yeah. that the playwright hadn't written this scene, but it's here. We got to figure it out. And and a playwright once told me the thing you can't figure out once you unlock it is probably the key to the whole darn play. Yeah. When that happens, sometimes I like to just set up crazy experiments, right? Like let's ignore everything we already know about this play and everything we've already assumed about this play, and let's let's say maybe you're all a bunch of communist peasants who are digging a hole in the farm, and what you know what? I'll just make up something ridiculous. And then give them some like, really strong things to go for that may or may not have anything to do with the play, just to just knock it about just a bit and to say, yeah. let's do something we know is going to fail, so we're okay with failing, you know, yeah. and, then, and then try some more. Yeah. And then other people toss up. Failing together play. is a great way to oh, get so people fun. to collaborate in a, in a really um, comfortable, trusting way. If everybody has failed in the room at, in, in a rehearsal, then by the end of the rehearsal, they're all working together really well because I mean, it's already been done. You, you've already made a fool of yourself. Yeah, I mean, so. one. Of, I mean, there, there are two. I mean, I, I realize that as as I get older, I get away from some of this stuff. I'm not old, but as I get older, I get away from some of this stuff. Um, one of the things that I do, and I think it depends on the actor, is that I give them parameters to make choices inside. So when we were, um, so what I mean by that is, if I say or I suggest that this person who's playing the director in Trouble in Mind, he, in this case he was a he, um, is performing a different, a different self. So he is, whoever he is is a director, but he's also performing a different self. So then I say, I don't know, a Russian director or a British director. And I let the actor dance in that space. Mm -hmm. So I actually give him, gave him choice. Because then he's got this American director and he's got this other director to perform inside like this false director space. And then, he's, and then he comes back and says, no, I don't think that's right. I think it's like this Italian thing. It's like, cool, but what I do is I give you parameters so that you can fight against something else. And then the other thing which I do, and I don't do it as much as I used to, is uh, to go into minutiae. And uh, it's funny, Kaipo Schwab, 
uh, was in town at the Playwright Center, and I've known Kai for a long time. But I directed him in a show, and I remember one day we came in a rehearsal, and I had them opening mail in different ways. And it was like this weird acting exercise about opening mail when your kid is sick, or opening mail and you're thinking you won the lottery. And we, I had stacks of mail, and I literally had them physically opening mail. For, it was weird, and they were like, what the hell is he doing? And I was just like, I don't know, I'm just trying to figure out some stuff, you know? And, and what it did, I mean, maybe this is the thing about not knowing something, but what it did is it's like, that's so micro in this play, I can't believe we spent an hour and a half doing that. But maybe it gave him something, and it did, it hopefully, you know, built something. So the two things is given parameters and then the micro thing, which I don't do the micro enough. I used to do it when I was younger because I was just kind of fascinated by all the the, the micro minutiae that happens in the play. And, and actors would be like, did, you really, did we really spend time doing that? I was like, yeah, we did. <laughs> and of course, this is a Dixon place or some place where it's like, there's no money. There's, like, there's nothing in this. There's no stakes inside this. This is just us playing, literally. So um, I used to really dig that a lot. I don't do that enough. But that gets to practical stuff. How you can set up this room of failure or madness or whatever. Is that all? Is that true for everyone? You want to set up a place for everyone? I mean, probably uh, people growing up would think that their job in, as the director is at least in part to have the actors and designers have confidence that you're the leader of yeah. the ship, yeah. not that you've got. It's I tricky. don't know how to drive this ship. No, it's <laughs> tricky. And I, like everybody here, I think is that I, I, I say. Um, all the time that I don't know. I don't know what's next. I don't know how to do this. And so I lean heavily on the actors. Um, I also, I think working, I, th I think keeping the room really fast is really important mm. for me. Uh, go again, go again, go again. Do something else. Try something else. Do something else. And I don't, you know, say, no, that wasn't, I mean, I do say that wasn't it. But I just, I just, uh, I, you know, I rarely say, I really break down why that didn't work. I just say, do it again, try it again, rather than sort of destroying somebody in the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I also think <clears throat> letting go of the leadership is really important. So, you know, classic acting exercises where you're just next to somebody and you're walking through the space and one person's leading but you're staying together, then the other person leads. And the times when those two people don't know who's leading are often the most, the most beautiful mm -hmm. times because they're navigating something live. Mm -hmm. So... <clears throat> The process to getting to a place of, of surprise and change is actually is actually the thing, I think. When yeah. when you're redoing a scene you don't know what's gonna come next, that's the thing. So they've they've already God, oh, this sounds really strange, but they've already kind of done it. Mm -hmm. So keeping the room really fast mm -hmm. and saying go again, go again, go again and letting go who's leading a scene and me letting go and uh, that wasn't a very clear answer, but hopefully there's something in there. Uh, the, the other thing for me is actually um, holding myself accountable to say the stuff that's really hard to say, <laughs> you know, about when, to, to actually look in the face of, wow, that moment just really isn't working, and I really don't feel like addressing it right now, because I know that could be personally difficult for everybody in the room, or I don't know what the solution is, and really holding myself accountable to saying guess what, I, I, that really is, just isn't working and let's all throw down mm -hmm. and figure it out. But, and I'll have, I actually have a conversation in my head with, okay, is now the time to yeah, bring that yeah, up? And yeah. um, what's that going to do to the room? But I always try to say, no, I'll just set, put it out there because that's what's going to keep us all honest mm -hmm. and on track and... And if I don't say it, nobody's gonna. I, think, I know. I right? think it's. I think it's really great 
But when you have an idea, your personal idea as a director, and it fails to absolutely say, that really sucked. That was <laughs> yes. my idea. That was awful. Yeah. And right. we, I was and, totally and, wrong. Yeah, and totally, like, yeah. let's, 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 let's laugh at how shit that idea was. And I often say, I'm, I'm ridiculous, or I have bad ideas, so that you can also be ridiculous and have bad ideas. You yeah. know, so that we can, we can go further. Actually, in those ridiculous things, or in those bad ideas, are really beautiful things. Like, let's not just sweep them off the table, because there's in there, there's, like, amazing, weird choices that only you make, that no one else can make, right. in terms of the actor, you know? And I was going to say, the thing about putting your idea out there, I love, this is part of the reason why I love musicals and opera, and among other things, is, as a director, sometimes you think, did I, was that cruel, what I just said? I love working on musicals. But no one speaks to performers as cruelly as choreographers uh-huh. and then music directors. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, what is that, honey? That note is so flat. Like I'm like, oh my god, they just said, you know, like they. So as a director, I feel like I didn't say anything bad. I didn't say that. You know what I mean? Like that's why I love musicals because choreographers are. I love them. I love everybody who does it. But but it goes over power in the room in so many different ways, and it also just like lets you feel. Um, I don't know that that people say things and you're like, no, I'm just talking about the truthfulness of a moment. I didn't say you couldn't move. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> no, I think the difference, the the, the closer you get to uh, opera and, and music yeah. and movement is we uh, in that form we think of it as a craftsperson, yeah. and we're just talking about which way you're going to use your tool. And it's weird, the closer we, the further we get from that into theater, realism especially, there's this notion that the, yeah. that the raw material is them personally and their emotions. Yeah. And I think one of the things I am trying more and more to do in rehearsal, because I feel like I'm in a conversation with myself often between, just do it again, let's just try something else, let's just try something else, and is this the right time? Am I going to undermine everybody's confidence? Mm-hmm. Am I going to fuck up the relationship between that person and that person if I do this, you know? And to try to shut that conversation down for myself, I'm trying to find the way in the room I can talk to them um, and, and acknowledge that all the elements in the room are just tools, mm-hmm. including mine, including my ideas, where I go, wow, that was a shit idea. Thanks for trying it, you guys. Like, anybody else got a shit idea we can try? You know, or, oh my God, that really high-pitched, vulnerable voicing you're doing is super cool, but it does not seem to suit this moment, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, finding a language by which I can say, we're throwing that out, and it's not personal. We're craftspeople. Mm-hmm. And you're just continuing to to find that language. I think I think really honoring them is super important. You know, mm-hmm. I, as often as I can, I thank them every single day. You know, and I thank mm-hmm. them in the rehearsal room. And actually, more and more, I'm blown away by what, by what actors do. Mm-hmm. And actually, I find acting I'm finding it I'm, I'm finding it more and more scary these days. I'd like to do it again one day, but I just think I watch them. I'm like, oh my god, you go out there and you do that and you learn all those lines. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for doing that for this crazy, stupid idea I had. There was once just a little spark in my mind, and now this thing happened, and you threw yourself into it. I honor you for that, you know? But it's interesting to be in this room because, I, you know, having been trained as an actor through a BFA program and an MFA program, there's a lot of fear and intimidation yes. being used yes. in, yeah. as it's a terrible. directing it's tool. And, it needs to change. It's um, awful. It, it, it does. It's a useless tool. I don't think it's It's useless. Work. I mean, it... You get a play full of scared and intimidated people um, that, you know... Just for the sake of argument, I want to point out that uh, I am often super impressed by people who are trained in the music theater and dance world because they are sharp and they are precise Mm -hmm. and they... they, And if if what's happening there is that people are like, that's no good, honey, and they're Mm -hmm. then responding to that, then I think that that 
sort of behavior is useful. Yeah, it's a lot of, I, you know, at least in the... So I think what's not useful to actors, which I, I, are specific examples from my years in um, training, is things like, you're holding back. So but what, so to say that to actors, mm-hmm. you're, you're holding back, that scene needs you to, to bring it. Well, what the hell does that mean, right? And that, and that just sets up a, well, I know now that I'm not doing it right, but I don't <laughs> see a way from not doing it right to getting somewhere else. I and think, I feel like the acting language is full of stuff like that that's very nonspecific mm-hmm. and, and personalized. Like, I was told a lot, you're holding back. Well, I'm not, I don't feel like I am. I don't know what I'm holding back, so you need to tell me what that... So what I try to do to translate is, here's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And if that's not what you're intending it to look like, then let's have a conversation to get from mm-hmm. what I'm seeing to what you're you think you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to depersonalize it that way, because a lot of the, a, a lot of directing language is kind of personal. We talk about you and, you know. I think one of the hardest challenges for me, though, about this exact dynamic is I remember working on a three-person play, and they worked, I've never met three actors who work, I, I have never put three actors into a play that work in such profoundly, wildly different approach just work ethic Mm -hmm. just in terms of so one was like super old school I think maybe is like knighted (laughs) and it was like you are the captain of the ship Mm -hmm. stop asking me how I feel I I will not tell you how I feel I will not have a conversation with you if you don't like it you direct me and you tell me exactly what to do the other one who was 40 years his junior age-wise, was like, I need as much room as you can possibly give me in the room to be as sort of wild and uncontained within my instrument and skills. She had massive skills, like crazy genius actress. And the two of them were 89% of the play. Mm -hmm. And then there was a third wild card who was like... On Mars, and it was just actually just trying to get her to be in the room and learn the like ten percent of the play's lines that she actually had, and and it it was a new process for me. I learned more the very hard way on that show than I had ever learned on anything, and it really was a process where at the beginning of every day. We had private meetings with each of the three. I had private meetings, mm-hmm. one-on-one meetings with each of the actors in the second and the last two weeks of rehearsal just to talk about where they were at, like, what they were getting. And, like, for him, it was, like, a two-minute meeting that was, like, great, we did this, I'm here, this is where I'm at, this is what we're going to do today, done. For her, it was, like, 30 minutes of doing what she needed to do in process so that it didn't kill him in that rehearsal <laughs> and then for the third one it was a whole other thing I think that is one of the biggest challenges when you've got disparate aesthetic and we're yeah. like in the same cast and, it, and that's one of those things that can be kind of tricky to spot in auditions when you're, mm-hmm. and we talk about oh chemistry between actors and I actually believe that great actors can, can create chemistry on stage so for me it's not about that it's more about how disparate is your work style that was what I was saying earlier about, is this going to be, is this person going to totally undermine everybody else's ability mm-hmm. to succeed? Not because they need to, but because their their needs in the room are so different. I think you know? that you, it's true that you, you actors can create chemistry in the room, but you as a director 
do have the ability to impair that chemistry if you don't if you don't come to their process like you do like you're talking about there i mean that's part of the job i mean you you, you have to set up three different meetings to talk with the actors in three different ways because that's the only way this particular group is going to work well then that's the job that's how you you get those people to opening night with a strong show. And there are a million different ways of doing it. And I mean, there are as many ways as there are actors, I suppose. And I think one of the ways that you can shut down that kind of chemistry is to say, here's how we're doing this. Right. Here's how your process is gonna go. Here's the schedule and here's you know, you know, how, you, how you're gonna do this. If you take some time to say, what does this person bring to the room? You know, and how do they need that, you know, how, what do they need to get to that space? I mean, I think in some ways you're just setting up the room in a way that everybody gets to work in the way that they work the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know, that's how you can... So, so I don't think... I, I think there are some directors who want to say, I've, I've come up with a method. I love that word. Yeah. Method. I've got a method. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You just have, you have a set of rules that you expect everybody else to sort of come to and act a certain, a certain way, you know? I, I don't think there's a method. I think you, you, there's a group of people and you say, well, what do they all need uh, to, to do what they can do in, a, in the best way that they can do it? And if they feel like they're doing that at the end of every rehearsal, then they're going to come with more energy the next time. You know? Okay. okay. So, they're just...